We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Porter. And it's beginning to feel a lot like 2014. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of is. I mean... It's it's different that I went back and looked at the numbers today, Carson. That offense in twenty fourteen, it was it was pretty bad. I mean, it, it was inept. I mean, they they were they were scoring seven points, fourteen points, eighteen. Po- I mean, it, it was just you know. I think we lose sight a little bit of the fact that they put up forty two on Iowa State, who has a pretty good defense uh, on Saturday, but. Still, the overall record, uh, it's not trending in the right direction. And now, all of a sudden, you've got a situation where if you lose to K-State going into the bye week, uh, you are maybe not going to make a bowl game. Yeah, no, it's they're really going to have to beat Kansas State or Baylor to make a bowl game. And who would have who would have thought that coming into the season? Now, Kyle, at least in 2014, they beat Texas Tech at home and they beat Iowa State at home. I know. So that's the really discouraging part is they've already <laughs> lost at home to those two teams. And how about this stat? Uh, I heard Dusty Dvorak on the Sports Channel bring this stat up. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Over the past five years, do you know what Oklahoma State's home record is in the Big 12? Over the past five years. Now, they've won ten games five of the past six. Do you know what their home record is in conference play over that time? I think it's like uh, like 12-9 and nine or something like that. 11-9. and nine. Yeah. How is that even possible? With a with a home field advantage, we both agree is 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 real in Stillwater. Fans right on top of you. Uh that's a bizarre stat and really goes against Gundy's overall record as a whole, really. But there's Kyle, there's so many issues to to discuss. I don't even really know where to begin. I guess I'll just say I'll let you have the floor on on some things he said today, but as far as the Iowa State game, the most discouraging thing for me and you've you brought this up early in the season. You know, Mike Gundy used to hang his hat on mm. special teams and discipline. And they're 101st in the country in penalties per game. They are they look like they are poorly coached. And it, it's it's one thing if you're a really good football team, Kyle, one of the main things that can get you beat is penalties. So when you're a bad team like OSU is and you're this undisciplined, like you have just no chance. So like and again, we, we can talk a lot about Taylor Cornelius and the quarterbacks and their offensive line and the defense getting lit, but they're beating themselves too on top of all those issues that they already have. That to me is the most disappointing thing so far this season is they look poorly coached under Mike Gundy. And we both agree Mike Gundy's a good coach, but he's done a bad job so far this year. Yeah, they haven't been good. And, and I think that, you know, I, I wrote this in my 10 thoughts and, and I really, I thought um, after the game, Kyle Cox did a good job of like kind of pointing at Oklahoma State's home record in the last few years and saying that lack of discipline and penalties and stuff like that is a big reason why they're losing games. But the thing for me, Carson, was, you know, they, they come the, – I, I watched the – you know, I watched the whole game, but the, in, in the very beginning of the game, they come out, they score – they just look like a better team. I mean, they just look like – you started to think over the first two drives that you're like, wow, was the Texas Tech game just a, just a big anomaly? You know, and then all of a sudden, Zach Siner drops a, a punt and kicks it out of the back of the end zone, and it's seven to two. And then Iowa State scores again and and doesn't look back. And Gundy mentioned that on Monday, and I thought it was true. It just it just it felt like it flipped the game, which is crazy to say, but 
I know, and I know I would say, you know, threw a freshman quarterback at them, which they obviously don't deal well with. But which, by the way, can we stop acting like this was like the, the master plan of, of uh, Matt Campbell to, to take down Oklahoma State? Like, they were just throwing a freshman in to try to get a spark, and like you can't figure that out as a, as a, as a defense. You're going to let an offense that is on their third quarterback that's averaging 17 a game put up 48 on you at home? I mean, let's get out of here with the Trojan horse and, like, all this stuff that Oklahoma State's never seen before. Like, just, just play defense. I, I feel like they they make this stuff too complex and too complicated, and Gundy's alluded to this in both his postgame presser on Saturday and on Monday I think he thinks they're trying to do too much on defense and not just not ju- like he, he said, we're too multiple. I don't totally know what that means, but I think he's kind of getting at like Jim Knowles is maybe trying to do too many, too many things with too little personnel and it's just not working right now. Yeah. Well, they made Purdy look like Johnny football. That that play where he had the little pump fake and just ran into the end zone was, was, was pretty jarring, but you know, Kyle, like we'd, OSU leads the country in sacks, but that comes at a cost, doesn't it? It kind of puts your secondary on an island at times, and you know, over-aggression can lead to getting beat. And they had, what, they gave up, what, five touchdowns of more than 20, 30 yards apiece? Just mm. touchdown plays. So it's it goes the other way, too, with the aggression and all that stuff. But the defense was just awful. Pur- Purdy did make some throws that you're kind of like, come on, dude. It felt like it felt like the <laughs> it felt like the Taylor Martinez game. Remember that in 10, 2010? Yeah. Oh yeah. Where you're like, wow, he's never gonna play this well again. And he didn't. I mean, he had like a three game stretch there, but that was one of them. Well, that was a that happens a lot against Oklahoma State, doesn't it? I mean Feels like uh, it. Blake Bell turned into Dan Marino in, <laughs> in Bedlam in twenty thirteen. I think it has there's a common denominator there, and it's the Oklahoma State defense, which Again, just the coordinator just is not it's it's not going to make up for a talent gap, and apparently there's a, just a massive talent gap. It's the only reason I can explain how bad OSU is on defense, even though we've talked a lot about the talent they've acquired on the defensive line, but they are playing some young safeties, and I think that that was stick out, that stuck out like a sore thumb against Iowa State. Well, and part of the deal is that the whole thing is sort of predicated upon your chaos up front creating turnovers on the back end and they had what i think one interception on defense they had the um the the punt return fumble that they got but that wasn't that was special teams i I think they just had one turnover created on defense and so if you're not creating turnovers you're just giving a team i mean iowa state had 15 drives they're gonna any you and i are gonna score some points on 15 drives you're just you're putting yourself out there uh, and giving them a ton of opportunities to score, and they obviously took advantage of them. So they have to create more turnovers. Gundy mentioned this on Monday. They're young in the secondary and just not – I don't know. I, they have to do something different. And But, <clears throat> again, that leads us to, you know, who else had 15 possessions? I think they actually had 16. Oklahoma State's offense had 16 possessions. And and I get, I get kind of frustrated with this deal. It's like – Gundy said this on Monday. He's like – I don't know how many teams are going to put up 42 against Iowa State. It's like, well, you had you had 16 possessions to do it. It's not like you did it in in 10 possessions. I haven't looked at the numbers. I bet a, I bet OU put up better a better points per drive number than than Oklahoma State did on Iowa State. I bet they had a lot fewer possessions and scored uh, nearly as many points. So I I don't I don't love that 
stat. Um, but they were they were just they were weird on offense. They weren't good. Uh, they were good at times. Cornelius actually threw some really good deep balls and, and passes down the field that we haven't seen. But they had, Carson, I went back and counted. They had 17 plays that went for negative yardage, not including the penalties on offense. <laughs> That's wow. awful. I mean, it's just not. It's just not good, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how that's going to go the rest of the year. Yeah, seven sacks, sixteen quarterback hurries. That uh, <laughs> that's not good. And again, I I do think obviously the offensive line's a big issue, but I think Taylor Cornelius hangs onto the ball way too long at times. If, if you know your offensive line's not blocking well, like get rid of the ball. Uh, but that leads me to one of my main takeaways, Kyle. And this is. This is this falls at Mike Gundy's feet in that he couldn't make it work with Joe Wickline. They had a falling out, so to speak. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but you and I both remember when that was going on. We knew someone that was pretty close with Wickline, and he could not work it out with him, so he leaves and goes to Texas. And Oklahoma State used to have the best offensive line in the Big 12 every single year, if not the entire country. Remember how consistent they were on the offensive line? It didn't matter who was playing. They had junior college guys making turning into All-Americans. And ever since then, their offensive line has been a train wreck. It has been brutal. It has been probably the worst unit on the entire in the entire program the offensive line has. Now, we like Josh Henson. We, we think he is a good recruiter. He's a good play caller. But the, the early returns have been disastrous. And you saw it against Iowa State. I mean, Taylor Cornelius didn't have a lot of time to throw. I, I still think Taylor Cornelius is one of the biggest issues on the team. But the offensive line has been a sieve ever since Joe Wickline left town. And that, that ultimately, you know, maybe maybe it was Joe's fault the relationship didn't work out. I have no idea. But that's a relationship you have to maintain because he got results on the offensive line. That, to me, is is one of the more, more damning things that's going on with OSU football. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think it's both. I think it's offensive line and, and it's quarterback. You know, I mean, it's not like the offensive line was great when Rudolph was there. But, well, no, but and I agree with that. But let's be honest, Mason Rudolph's in the NFL, like, and Taylor Cornelius will never be there. So it's it, it goes hand in hand. But yeah, but but I agree with you that yeah, this is not a new issue. It's just I'm just harping on the fact that it's been an issue for this long. Yeah, I, I think I think this sort of gets us to the point that I have been thinking about, and uh, I don't know, just kind of rolling around in my head over the last few days, and that is that. It feels like, and I want to be careful about this because I, I, again, like I think I think Gundy is an awesome coach. He's done an incredible job. You can't take that away from. I mean, you can't. I mean, he's got almost 120 wins at Oklahoma State of all places. I mean, it's it's crazy. But I do think that this season is sort of shining a light on the fact that maybe their really good seasons have simply been, a, like, just completely quarterback dependent. You look back at 10 and 11, you've got an NFL first-round quarterback. You look at 15, 16, 17, and part of 14, although that was a bad season, you've got a a third-round pick in the NFL draft at quarterback. So you've got these NFL quarterbacks that I feel like they're maybe covering up like a team that is just kind of average. Gundy said this today, and it made me crazy. He was like, uh, he was asked why does why have you had so many close games against Kansas State and he's like well our you know our talent is kind of the same and it's like how how is that like how is that a reality I think it is a reality but it but it's like how why you should be getting better better guys better talent and I feel like 
this season is shining a light on the fact that Oklahoma State's margins are so thin that if they if they're be downgraded at one position in this in this case quarterback and maybe maybe specifically that position in any given year all those one possession games that we talk about can flip i mean maybe like we talk we talk about this one like they're 15 and 3 in one possession games and you're like well okay that's good but should they be playing one possession games with Iowa State and Kansas State and Baylor and all these other teams maybe not you know and, and so i just i think this season tells us more about or so far this season has told us more about the overall state of the program that if you if you take away a little bit at quarterback, maybe a lot at quarterback, that you just like you might not even make a bowl game. Is that a place of stability? I, I don't know. And who knows how the rest of the year will turn out, but that's just kind of what I've been that's kind of what's been percolating in my mind over the last few days. No, and it's a good point. And and I th- again I think it comes back to what Mike Holder said on this very podcast that Mike Gundy's done a great job, but in order to truly be an elite program, you need to recruit better. And I think this shines a light on as much as anything. I mean, just think about all the issues we have to discuss right now with OSU football. And they lost, of course, Mason Rudolph and James Washington. But they they virtually have everyone else back, especially at the skill positions, and they might not go to a bowl game. That That's jarring. And I know people they like to argue about recruiting and Gundy's proofs in the pudding he's won 10 games five of the past six years but I think I think you're making a very good point here and is it any mystery why Georgia is in the playoff now when they were going they were winning eight or nine games with Mark Richt Mm. well they're getting the number one recruiting class in the country every year that's why they're in the that's why they're in the playoff so and again I'm not I'm not expecting Oklahoma State to recruit at Georgia's level but they shouldn't be recruiting at Kansas State's or Iowa State's and I think that's the point that Mike Holder made on this podcast I think it's the point we, you and I have tried to make, and I think it's now all coming to roost this season with they don't have Mason Rudolph to save the day. You're right. They should not be having – Kyle, I think they had won – I think I read they had won 13 straight conference games that were eight points – decided by eight points or less until yeah. they lost to Iowa State. Yeah. Think about that. That is just – you're right. The margins are so small, and I think it's a valid criticism to wonder – you know where the, what the, what the acceptable talent level is right now at Oklahoma State, and and that's before we even get to the quarterback and how they're wasting Justice Hill this year by playing the wrong quarterback, too. But I, I think those are good points that you make. And again, I don't think Mike Gundy's a bad coach. We we sat on this podcast and praised him after the Boise State game, rightfully so. But man, it just the fact they're non-competitive right now and might not make a bowl game is crazy. The uh... The year that sort of puts a puts a hole in my theory or in my point is uh, is thirteen because they they didn't really have I mean Chelf was fine he was good Walsh was fine but they didn't have an NFL guy at quarterback and they still should have won the Big Twelve that year and so maybe maybe uh, again they had like the best defense in in school history that year also um, so I don't know I just it. it and, and I don't, like, I think we're probably making too much out of a couple of games. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're not making enough out of it. Well, who, who, are, they winning? who are they beating the rest of the year? Maybe maybe Kansas State, maybe Baylor. That's it. I don't, I don't think we're making a big deal out of just a couple games. I think we're making the big deal that their bowl streak's probably going to end unless they get a couple wins here coming up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it is crazy. I, I they they might just not be that good. 
I don't. Well, they're I, not. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but think about think about if Tylen catches the ball on Saturday. Okay, so it's forty two forty. You got six minutes left. You got a freshman at quarterback. Is Iowa State going to go to the length of the field? But given Oklahoma State's history with against third string quarterbacks, probably yes. they probably are. <laughs> but I, again, I think this is like a a one. I, I think I think here's the reality, Carson. I think this is a team whose margins are one score on either side of most teams. Like you're going to win by a touchdown or lose by a touchdown or something in between that. And when you have an, an NFL talent at quarterback, you're going to win a lot of those. And when you don't, you're going to lose a lot of those, or it's going to be somewhere in the middle. So I, I haven't, I haven't totally decided whether this is going to be the, the kind of the lower end of the spectrum where you lose all those one possession games, or it's going to be in the middle where you win some and you lose some. If it's, if it's in the middle and you win some and you lose some, then Maybe they do make a bowl game. Maybe this team does end up seven and five or eight and four or whatever. But I'm kind of starting to feel like that's not going to be the case. Me too. And did you want to talk about uh, what Mike Gundy had to say in Monday's press conference about Spencer Sanders? Because I do. Yeah, I do. We should toast first, though. Okay. Um, because that's going to be probably a longer conversation. <laughs> It's time for the Coop Works Toast of the Week. Coop Works brewing great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, Carson, do you have your toast prepared, or should I go ahead with mine? Uh, you go first. Okay, I'm going to toast a guy that uh, I pre-toasted. I... Uh, called out i didn't call him out i praised him on friday thought he was gonna have a good game and he did i never get those things right so uh maybe i should toast myself now landon wolf uh was really good again on saturday i i don't know if he's i don't think he's as good as Jalen mccleskey i don't think maybe he is I, I don't know but he's been he's been solid in in his two starts uh both at kansas and at home against iowa state and uh i don't know he he, he looks like he's he doesn't look like a guy that used to be a walk on, to be honest. And my, maybe my favorite play of the game is it was in the second half. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma State uh, was driving to try to either go ahead or tie it or something. And he gets absolutely smoked near the sideline and uh, just destroyed. And he gets up and walks back to the huddle like he was the baddest dude on the field. Now, part of that might have been he didn't really know where he was at, and so he was just walking really slowly. But uh, he's got a little swagger to him. I like him. I'm in on Landon Wolf, so I, I will toast a uh, I'll toast a horny toad blonde to uh, to Landon Wolf for his his performance on Saturday. Another touchdown too. Yeah, good game by him. Former walk on. It's a pretty cool story being being from Tulsa right down the road. Uh, there's not very many candidates to, uh, for this week, Kyle. But uh, no, I hate to go to an obvious place here, but I think I'm going to Saturday siren for Tyron. Uh, I'll just pop one open, chug it, crack the can, throw it away because there's not a whole lot of positivity to go around with the, the team right now. But I thought he looked cool in his uniform, had the orange socks rocking. <laughs> they got him four balls, 79 yards and a touchdown. So that kind of that sums up that the midway point of the season, huh? Looked cool yeah. in his uniform. Yeah, that's basically all. The only positivity to go around, really, is they wore all black uniforms. But, yeah. uh, but no, it's, on a seri- seriously though, they need to get him the ball consistently, and they're they're doing a good job of it the past two weeks. So that's that's something that can help the offense because they need a lot of help right now. Justice Hill only had 
uh, what was it? Uh, 66 yards on 24 carries. Whew. Not good. The whole they can run the football if they want just by hand to justice theory was stymied a little there by, by Iowa State. And that was like a tough or a difficult 69 yards. I mean, he, he had some runs that it was like he's got six guys around him, and you're like, how is he even upright, you know? Uh, it, it Purdy, was, Purdy had 84 yards on 19 carries. Yeah. That's Justice Hill 66. That's great, but at least Oklahoma State leads the country in sacks. Okay. Uh <laughs> Since you mentioned uniforms, we'll, we'll get we'll talk about that real quick, and then we'll get to Spencer Sanders. So let's get to this week's uniform review, brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, all black with the uh, Ed Hardy helmets. Is that the official name of the helmets, or is that just something that we came up with? That's something I came up with. <laughs> Look like an old Ed, those Ed Hardy shirts was just way too much going on. You could also call it affliction. <laughs> yeah, affliction helmets, whatever. <laughs> same same theory, really. Uh, what do you think about the the we? Had, I think we saw that against was it Tech and fourteen? They're wearing four, 2014 combos, which is not a good sign. <laughs> I guess yeah, it, good not great. I mean, all black looks good almost any time you wear it. I just not a big fan of that helmet, especially with the orange face mask. I didn't mind that helmet when they wore it in the Alamo Bowl with the white jersey and the orange pants. I thought that looked a lot better. They, if they had just gone with the black face mask, I thought it looked even better. But good, not great was kind of my overall thought. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, I would stay. Orange orange pants would have looked better, I think, too, even with that helmet. Yeah, that would have looked awesome. Iowa State's uniforms are always weird and not good. Fake USC is what I started calling them. <laughs> They're like the Walmart version of of USC yeah. the knockoffs yeah they really are they that's a great call they they owe USC royalties for yeah. using their colors like you're you're red and yellow you're not you're not that dark maroon and, and gold that USC is just yeah. quit quit trying yeah um yeah i thought it was i thought it was fine i i i don't know i haven't really felt i haven't really gotten excited about the last two home home combos they did the uh, what was it black gray gray against tech and than the all black with the the Ed Hardy. Uh, if you're gonna go all black, just do the do it bedlam style and and go with the the good helmet. Maybe they're saving that for for another home game that they'll probably lose. <laughs> they'll be eleven and ten at home. Man, that's uh, crazy, man. I, it, I still can't wrap my head around that stat. It is crazy. They've lost four games as a uh, as a double digit favorite at home in the last three years. They lost. They lost to Central Michigan. Uh, who else did they lose to? They lost to. Well, they lost to Tech and Iowa State, and then they lost to Kansas State last year. And they were a nine and a half point favorite against TCU last year. Uh, so I'm. They're, they're kind of skirting by on that one. They've almost lost. They've lost five games where they were a nine and a half point or better favorite at home in the last three seasons. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, it doesn't it feel like Gundy coaches more aggressively when they're when they're underdogs than when they're when they're favored uh yeah i mean to that point they're they're uh i think they'll i think since the beginning of 2016 they're two and oh as a home dog uh i don't remember i don't remember who they were uh an underdog to maybe maybe uh who would that long, have been how long ago does that go to beginning of 16 Okay, I'm um, not I sure. I I don't know either. Uh, maybe West Virginia at home homecoming. Probably something like that. Um, anyway, 
let's talk Spencer Sanders. Actually, do you want to talk about uh, Taylor or uh, Mike Gundy comparing Taylor Cornelius to Zach Robinson for a little bit? I would like to do that. I tweeted about this. In the same breath, he said he was a similar runner to Zach Robinson. He said he had his own style, considering how tall he is, but putting them on the same planet as a runner is, is silly to me. Um, but the, then he compares, he, like he was ruining the fact that Taylor Cornelius doesn't have another year, which I think should factor into the quarterback decision-making. But then he, he said, look, just look at Will Greer, his second year. He's, he's doing really well. So if he could come back, he'd, he'd be good. You know, Basically making the point that quarterbacks are better after being there more than one year, which Taylor Cornelius could be at Oklahoma State another four years and not be in Will Greer's category. So why are we even make that make, make that comparison? And he doesn't have another year. So why are we even talking about that? But isn't isn't that the point though? Is that he doesn't have another year? No, it's totally the point. Brian Keating's hit on this on Twitter last week, and uh, he hit it on crashing the boards last night. This was considered a rebuilding year, but as he put it, you're not rebuilding anything because Cornelius is walking out the door. You're, you're literally stuck in the mud, and next year you're going to have to go through growing pains instead of this year. And I would say you're squandering an all-world player in Justice Hill. Mike Gundy compared him to LeBron James while we're talking about comparisons today. Yeah. And you still have a lot of talent on offense. And so, again, I, I have no idea why anyone in the world would think Drew Brown would play over Spencer Sanders next year. That's not happening. So why did Drew Brown come to Stillwater? Did they tell him he would have every chance to start and it just has been so bad that he's behind Cornelius? I don't know. But that that to me is bizarre because he's not playing over Spencer Sanders next year. If he is, Spencer Sanders is transferring. And if he's and if he's better than Spencer Sanders, he should be playing over Taylor Cornelius, in my opinion. <laughs> That's that is all of those are, are really good points. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll, we can talk about what he said about, about Sanders. He, he basically said, and, and, and there's so much, Mar- Marshall Scott pointed this out in our Slack on Saturday. He said, how ironic is it that two Big 12 teams with true freshman starting quarterbacks came in and just worked Oklahoma State in Stillwater? And yet, to the, tune, to the tune of 715 yards passing and six touchdowns combined. And yet, Mike Gundy has a true freshman, not not any true freshman. Spencer Sanders, AP Texas High School Football Player of the Year. You know who else was an AP High School Football Player of the Year in the state of Texas, Carson? Vince Young, uh, probably. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was Johnny, pretty good. Johnny Football, decent. Baker Mayfield. Okay. Sam Ellinger. Average. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't like Sam Ellinger. But just he, just, just beat Oklahoma in the just, cotton ball. Yeah, I I had to throw him in there. It it, it and, and and Mike Gundy says on Monday, well, I, I get worried about uh true freshmen getting injured. I know. That was a bizarre statement, wasn't it? Oh, okay. I and again, like look, I, I'm not <clears throat> I don't know what goes on at practice. I don't know what goes on in the locker room. I don't I don't care to to be honest. I don't know that I don't care. I I don't I'm not pursuing knowing those things. Um I just feel like if you look at 2014 and you look at, you know, pe- people are like, "Oh, well, if he had an offensive line, you know, sometimes you just need a change. Like sometimes you just need to mix things up." Guess what? The the offensive line in 2014 when they went from from Dax to Mason Rudolph it didn't, it didn't really change. They, they, they inserted a true freshman walk on at center and Brad Lundblad. 
And everybody else, they just kind of moved them around a little, and it was basically the same offensive line that they'd had all year. And all of a sudden, in the last three games, they mix it up. They throw, they put in a, a better player. Mason Rudolph's a better player than Dax Garman. And they win two out of three games. Their yards per play goes up, and they're just a better team because of it. And, and so, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just – maybe I'm chasing after the wind here. Maybe it's silly to think that Oklahoma State's a, a better team than – uh, with Spencer Sanders at quarterback than they would than they are with Taylor Cornelius, but maybe it doesn't matter if they're a better team. Maybe all of a sudden you're just playing for 2019 and beyond anyway, and, and so that's that's the move to make. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on all of that? Well, I think with the new redshirt rule, Kyle, I would be very disappointed if Sanders doesn't play the final four games. I think they're just trying, like you know what, to preserve a redshirt year and have him on campus for five years. Same. <clears throat> Same exact thing that happened with Mason Rudolph, right? They just they desperately wanted to redshirt him until every quarterback on the roster roster got hurt. That's the only reason Rudolph played, isn't it? Because Garmin had a concussion. I don't think they wanted to burn his redshirt at all. So I think that's the same thing that's going on here. I just I just don't know understand. And I and I'm I'm okay, I guess, with with Sanders redshirting until you're just at this point you're just throwing the season away aren't you if you just you're just content to keep playing Cornelius I don't know I, I think I would be willing to burn Sanders is I would have done it already first of all yeah now but now now I think you it's don't. almost too late now yeah, right yeah, I, I mean, think you don't do it now although are you trying to make a bowl game and salvage yeah. the season because that's what happened with with Mason Rudolph wasn't it? and all the momentum they got from from winning the last game of the year and then going to a bowl it's it's very similar in my mind I just the point that Brian made was was very valid to me in that you're not rebuilding anything. You're just going to waste a year of Justice Hill and start from scratch next year. That's That, to me, is the big concern. And, again, I have no idea what they're doing with Drew Brown. Like, is, is Drew Brown just going to transfer after this year? Can he, can he do that again? Because he's not, he's not going to back up Spencer Sanders. Yeah. I and I, can, I guarantee you he's not playing over Spencer Sanders. And if he is, Spencer's going to go play at A&M or – tech or anywhere else he wants to yeah i don't i don't, I don't know i don't i don't know what they're doing <laughs> like and what, and what was that conversation like hey drew we want you to come in here and compete with taylor cornelius uh but if you don't win the job we want you to red shirt and then battle a, a true a true or a red shirts freshman next year i don't think he signed up to be a backup <laughs> this year or red shirt this year so why isn't he playing is my question. Yeah, I, I think the whole thing is, and, and again, like, who knows, man? Like, Spencer Sanders might get in there, and and it's not like Cornelius has been a disaster. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that. I, I just feel like as a team, you need a spark. Yeah. You need a spark. Yeah, you need, it, you need. It's something. fair to say Cornelius wasn't the only issue, but Kyle, he was 19 of 33. Yeah, I mean, that's just not a good. That's not a good completion percentage in the Big 12. It's horrible. Yeah, and and that was one of honestly like that. Might be as good as he's looked all year. Right. So, like, and again, Drew Brown may stink, but you have to try. You can't just keep losing home games to bottom five teams in the Big 12. That's just, status quo is not working. So, you got to mix it up. And then if it doesn't work, I mean, you can go back to Cornelius. He'll be fine. He'll yeah. still, he'll still underthrow deep balls and, <laughs> and run around like Zach Robinson. It does feel a little weird to have this conversation. The, the, the week or the two days after what was probably the best he's looked all year. But I think the, the point that I'm trying to make, and I think that you're making as well is like, this is less about like, did Cornelius improve last week from the Kansas game from the tech game? He probably did, 
but it's more about the trajectory of the program and what are you, what are you trying to accomplish? And exactly. I think that's a, I think that's a question that, that Gundy and, and the coaches have to answer over the next few weeks and, and the next two months is like, what's, what's the point of the rest of this year? I, I don't mean that like from a philosophical standpoint, I just mean like, what are you, what are you trying to do this year? Are you trying to get to a bowl game? Are you trying to break in a new quarterback? Are you trying, like, what are you, are you just trying to win each game? I think that's probably what they would say. But but from a bigger picture standpoint, pull back and, and take a look at the rest of the season and, and even 2019 and 2020, what's your trajectory as a program? Because I think you have an opportunity to affect that trajectory by what you do at quarterback over the next seven weeks. Precisely, precisely. And I just, I don't. They got look, and it's again, it's not Taylor Cornelius's fault. They have huge issues on defense and on the offensive line. But I just, I just, I don't know what you're trying to accomplish this season now with with Taylor Cornelius. I thought uh, Kyle Boone had a really good point. He he said Cornelius would have been a really good quarterback for like the not really good, but he would have been he would have like been fine for the 2013 team. It's like you got a you got a great defense. You don't have to do a ton. You know, Shelf was was he was good. He wasn't Brandon Whedon or Mason Rudolph. Um, I think Cornelius would have been would have been fine on that team. You know, uh, but on this team, it's like I think you're underrating Clint Shelf quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. That's fair. And Gundy's concern, I guess, was that Sanders would get hurt. Well, Tech's freshman quarterback <laughs> did get hurt. I don't know if that's related or a coincidence, but I think he is afraid of this offensive line getting Spencer Sanders. Uh, irrevocably, irrevocably damaged. <laughs> irrevocably, that, irrevocably <laughs> damaged. That was a horrible attempt. Uh, I should be benched for that. <laughs> but I, I can see his concern there. But Mike Gundy plays a true freshman. He did. He did all right. I think maybe he's a little gun shy after what happened with West Lunt. And he got hurt his freshman year and didn't really pan out and ended up transferring. So. But uh, as everyone – and I brought this point up with him, with, or I brought up that quote that he said about Sanders getting hurt, and I got like three four tweets saying, scared money don't make none. Yeah, I saw and that's, that. that. That's kind of the point too, right? Yeah, it, it's uh, – I don't know. It's it's so fun to think about and talk about, and, and I hope people don't take it as like – look, Cornelius is, has been – he's been fine. I, I don't think he's – he's probably a great dude. I'm not, I'm not, this is not a referendum on him as a human being or like his personality or anything like that. It's just the trajectory of Oklahoma state right now is that they need something different, not just for 2018, but into the future. And it is, it it is a kind of a weird, unique situation. And you keep bringing up the, the Drew Brown thing about like, what, what, what are you doing with him? And so you've got two guys who might be gone after this year, if they play, if, if Drew Brown plays, and then you might play the other guy. I, it's just it's a it's really a weird situation. And you throw in the red shirt rule, and I don't know. Maybe it's maybe the mullet can't hand, handle all the the information processing. I have no idea. Well, I just again everything you said is accurate, and I, I just status quo to me is not working. You, you again, you got run out of the stadium by Tech when your offense scored seventeen points. And that game was over in the fourth quarter, Kyle. I know OSU made it close. I know Tylen Wallace dropped a pass. But they were down double digits to Iowa State in the fourth quarter. That that should not – and you're a 10-point favorite. So to me, just above all else, status quo is not working. So you have to try to find a spark, whether that's Spencer Sanders or Drew Brown. It starts starts and ends at the quarterback position for me. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, okay, I got one more question for you, but first let's hear from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, one more time, and then we'll come back and wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, my question for you is uh, why does – I think somebody said this to me on – I don't know. I don't remember if I saw this somewhere or made it up, but – why do you think we focus so much on the quarterback position and talking about it and thinking about it and writing about it and not even remotely as much on an entire other side of the ball uh, with, with the defense? Because to me, it seems like the two are like, like your defense as a team is, is more important than like as a whole is more important than the singular position of quarterback. But we just – we kind of pay lip service to it and then focus wholly on the quarterback and, like, that's going to be this huge difference maker uh, for Oklahoma State. Well, I think it start, it, it really comes down to the fact that Oklahoma State hasn't played good defense except for 2013 and 30 years of football. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Oklahoma State wins games with their quarterbacks and their offense. That's, that's why they've won all these close games. They've outscored the competition. They've not gotten huge stops on defense. So I think there is there's a, a grading scale here. You know, Oklahoma State is expected to score a lot of points, and especially with the supporting cast around the quarterback this season in particular. I mean, you have LeBron James at running back. You have <laughs> Tylen Wallace. You have all the guys we, we know about on offense. So I think... There is a sliding scale, and is it fair? Probably not, but it's the Big 12. That's, that's how this football is played in this league. It's an offensive league, and if you can't hang on offense, you got no chance. Can, you, can your defense make some more plays? Absolutely. Have they created a lot of sacks? Yes, they have. They've made some big plays. They've forced some turnovers. I just I think there's a, there's a sliding scale, and I think that's a fair sliding scale. Yeah, it's interesting because going into the Iowa State game, Oklahoma State's numbers – both on offense and defense were pretty much the same as they finished last year. They're 15th in the country uh, in offensive points per drive. That's a little down from last year. I think they finished second or third last year and they're 60th in the country in defensive points per drive. They finished 58th last year, I believe. So I think it's a little bit of like, this is just kind of who you are on defense as a program. And I don't know, like you said, the offense is just, it seems easier to, I don't know, probably, and it's probably easier just to to notice things and to understand when something happens on defense, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. Like, was somebody out of position or did that? It's just, it, it's, I think it's just a, a little bit more difficult to um, just point out what went wrong than on offense when Cornelius skips a pass. You're like, well, that's pretty obvious. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think that plays into it as well. Yeah, but it does go hand in hand. They gave up 48 to Iowa State, who scored three against Iowa big bad Iowa and they gave up 41 to tech which but that's that's kind of my point is Kyle they over the last four or five years they've averaged giving up 41 to tech and they've beat them nine straight times so that to me kind of illustrates why the defense somewhat gets a pass from 
from either from us or from everyone really is it's just it hasn't been good on for, on defense for 30 years. That's just kind of how it is in Stillwater. Yeah. <laughs> they don't recruit they don't recruit well enough. I mean Oklahoma's having the same problem down in Norman and they recruit a much higher level of recruit than Oklahoma State does. So it's it's a Big 12 problem and it's specifically an OSU problem. And quarterback play hasn't been a problem in a long time, but it, it is this year. Yeah. Uh okay. Uh, by the way, Alabama number 2 in the country in offensive points per drive, number 1 in the country in defensive points per drive. How good is that? They weren't afraid to play Tua in the national championship game, were they? Yeah. They burned that they burned that red shirt in the last game of the year. Yeah, Gun <laughs> Gundy's reaction to that had to be well. He, he he was televised. He was on that uh that show on ESPN or whatever. Yeah, that'd be a fun rewatch. Go go skip ahead to that moment when they saw Tua run on the field. He might get hurt. <laughs> he, I bet you he whispered that to Cutcliffe. <laughs> you watch you watch that freshman. He's gonna get hurt. He, he ain't ready for this. Can I have your Can I have your defensive coordinator? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, Carson. We will. We will be back later in the week to talk about the Kansas State game, kind of preview that, talk unis, and whatever else we're going to talk about. So, uh, yeah, talk soon. And, uh, by the way, did you have fun at the at the State Fair? Uh, yes and no. It's kind of a hassle. There's yeah. just so many people to wade through. But uh, it's it's fun. Once, you, once you're in the stadium, it's a, it's a blast. It's just getting to and from and parking and – Everything else is is not great. Anyone that's been there knows what I'm talking about. But it was fun. I mean, it was a crazy game. I mean, when OU tied it, the place was just going bananas. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But uh, Texas, I, I got to give it up to them, Kyle. They they took it to Oklahoma, and they're going to be a problem for for everybody in the league. Should we uh, should we re-listen to our podcast where we just disparaged Texas and praised Gundy from like four weeks ago? Yeah, that would be a tough. Re- Cold takes exposed might tweet out a link to that. <laughs> not good. Did, did yeah, not not good at all. One uh, of your favorite one of your favorite Twitter replies. <clears throat> this aged well. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sure someone would comment that as well. I, I love that. That's always a blast. Okay, Carson. Uh, we'll talk later in the week and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get some news that uh, Oklahoma State's starting a freshman at quarterback this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath. But uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later this week. Okay, see you.